Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Hello Hillside family and all our virtual family. We are so excited to be with you this morning. This is Graham Smith and I'm Daphne Hey, So we are super looking forward to what Holy Spirit is gonna be doing this morning. What we wanna do this morning is we wanna see how we can practically get into the word. And so we are gonna be giving you some handles today and yeah, let's start this journey. Yeah, there's an old saying that says, be careful what you ask for and wish for because you might just get it. And over the last years, probably one of my biggest wrestles I've been having with dad is I've been saying, dad, I really want to get into your word. I want to study your word. I want to go deeply into your word like I did years ago. But how? How am I meant to find the time? How am I meant to find the space in the busy schedule that's, that's life? Well, guess what? I've got the time now. And I think like all of us, we've been given this precious gift of time. Let's use it wisely. So what I'm doing is I've decided to go back into doing what's known as an inductive Bible study. Now, what's an inductive Bible study? Very simply put, guys, an inductive Bible study is when you read the word in such a way that the word is allowed to speak for itself. When you do a deductive Bible study, that is when you've got a point that you want to make and you now look for scriptures to back up that point. I hope that makes sense. So deductive is I've got a point, now I look for scriptures to prove that my point is right. Inductive is when I just study the word for the sake of studying the word and whatever comes out, comes out. And that's what we have the luxury and time to do this time. Because I know for myself, I'm a bit guilty. I look for topical um, studies. I'm looking at a topic. I want to prepare a, a message or a preach on it, so I study that topic. Or someone will ask me a question or we'll have a debate on a point of Scripture. So I'll delve into that. But the luxury of being able to get into the Word just for the sake of the Word with no agenda, that's really, really precious. And probably about six months ago, God really highlighted this to me in a new way. And the word the Holy Spirit gave to me was, Graham, beware of the algorithms. Now, now, what does that mean? Well, if you've been looking at social media, you will know that there's a debate going on about sites like Facebook and Instagram, etc. What they do is whatever you search on the internet, whatever pictures you like on the internet, they try to supply you with more of that. Sounds good. It sounds like they're giving you the information that you want, but there's a debate happening at the moment as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And the counter argument is, if you have a specific viewpoint on a topic, that viewpoint's never going to be challenged. You're just going to be fed other voices that believe the same thing you do, thereby reinforcing your view. And actually, from time to time, our views need to be challenged. We need to hear voices that aren't the normal voices we hear. And I love the stream that we as Heelside are part of. I love the voices that we hear. But if I'm continuously listening to the same preachers, if I'm continuously listening to podcasts by the same people, if I'm continuously reading books by the same authors, there's a risk that I'm going to develop a one-dimensional view. 
And dad's challenged me in that regard to listen to some voices that I wouldn't normally, to um, read some books on topics that I wouldn't normally do. And in line with that, I want to start doing an inductive Bible study that's agendaless and just allowing the Word to reveal what the Word wants to reveal. So to keep things really simple, we want to look at five points just to start off with. The first point is observation. The second point is interpretation. Third point, correlation. Fourth point, application. And the fifth one, meditation. First point is observation. Now, you don't need to get out a pen and paper, although if you'd like to, you can, because what we are sharing today, there are notes which are going to be available for you guys to download and work with. But observation is what is being said. Sounds very, very simple. You see, we can often read a scripture and just fly through the scripture. But what we're asking ourselves to do right now is to stop, pause, and engage in the scripture. So question one. Who is involved in the passage that I am reading? Question two, what are they doing in the passage that I am reading? Question three, where are they or where are they going or both? Question four, when did this happen in time? What happened just before? What happened just after? Question five, why is this happening and what happened to lead up to this point? And question six, was this ever foretold or was it prophesied before? Now, when doing the observation section, there's a few things that you should try and avoid that we're all guilty of. I know I am. The first is speed reading. I can read a chapter of the Bible and while reading that chapter, I've planned my trip to the shop. I've planned my meetings for the next day and I can't remember a word I just read. That's really not helpful. <laughs> the second thing to watch is to rely on memory. What do I mean by that? I know this is easier said than done, but try to read the scripture as if you're reading it for the first time. Not through the lens of the interpretation you've been told before or read somewhere, but read it as if you're reading it for the first time. The next pitfall to watch is giving up. It's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to say, no, this is too hard. Uh, uh, I'm not going to bother. I'm getting nothing from this. No, stick to the disciplines. Stick to the questions we're giving you and trust that the Holy Spirit's going to bring things to life. And then another one that I've got to put my hand up on that I'm very guilty of is immediate application. What I like to use is finishing God's sentences <laughs> for him. I hear what he's saying, so I assume that I know what the rest is going to be rather than allowing him to tell me. So the second point is interpretation. So the word interpretation means the action of explaining the meaning of something. You want to ask yourself when you read a passage, what does the passage mean and what is actually being said? What was the author trying to say when he wrote that passage? What is the author saying is looking at what was going on at that time. So when you read the word, do some research and find out what, what was going on during the time when that specific book or scripture was written. Was there a war going on? Was there celebrations going on? Was it a political time? It is so important to understand what was being said and why it was being said. 
The Bible is written for normal people. It is not meant to be just for the super intelligent. It's meant to be simple. It's meant to get you to get into the word. It is trying to be a detective and just researching what is the word saying to me right now? Do not fall in the pit of looking for hidden meanings in the word. It is meant to be in context. If we continue to look for hidden messages or secret revelations, we fall in a trap of just completely losing what the word is actually saying to us. So it's so important to read the word in context. It's important to read what was said before that passage or that verse, or what was said after that verse. Stick to the context. The word is not a hidden message. What it says is in there. And it's such a powerful thing to just stick to the context and just read what it says. Thanks, Tess. Yeah, the next point is correlation. Now, the theory behind correlation is that the Bible, in partnership with the Holy Spirit, is the best interpreter of itself. So when I'm studying a specific section of the word, what else is being said and explained and where else is what I'm reading now being said and explained? I hope that makes sense. You see, often when I'm reading a section, it helps for me to look in that section, in that book, or in other books in the rest of the Bible, to find where something similar is being said. And by comparing the two with each other, it often helps me to get a better and a deeper understanding of what God is saying in that scripture. You know, a very simple example is we like to read the, the Gospels. Now, the beauty with the Gospels is the same story is often being told by different people from different perspectives. And like a puzzle or a mosaic, they've got different personalities, so they will highlight different things. And when we put all those pieces together, we get the bigger, the rich, the thick picture. So if I'm doing a study of the book of John, Man, it's really helpful to look at the, at the story he is giving and to see what did Matthew say in his book? What did Mark say in his book? What did Luke say in his book? Are they saying the same thing? Um, are they looking at it from a different angle? If I piece them together, do I get a different view? And there's plenty of tools available. The beauty of the season we're in right now with the world going into lockdown is a lot of resources that would normally cost you a lot of money are being made available free of charge. So we need to use those resources now that we've got the luxury to do so. So there are great concordances out there. There are great cross-referencing tools out there. There are great studying Bibles out there. Use them. And I thought on correlation, I wanted to give a practical example. So one topic which I have a lot of conversations with people on is the fact that I've got some tattoos. So what people like to do is they like to immediately jump to Leviticus 19 verse 28 that says, Thou shalt not make any cuttings on your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. Now, if you read just that scripture, it's quite easy to actually say, hey, the Bible says you mustn't have any tattoos. Now, what do I do if I read Isaiah chapter 49 verse 16 where God himself says, I have tattooed your name on my palm. So God's saying he's tattooed his name on my name on his palm, yet Leviticus is telling me tattoos are wrong. What do I do? 
I read Leviticus in context, what was said before and what was said after. And God speaking to Moses about the people of Israel. They are in their wandering phase where they're moving from place to place and tribe to tribe. And what God's been saying to them is, guys, remember who you are. Remember your history, remember your culture, because what they had done is they had developed a habit of everywhere they camp, they pick up some of the customs and the traditions of the people where they are camping, and they develop this weird kind of culture and tradition. So in Leviticus 19, there's a list of instructions, how to plant seed, how to harvest the seed. When you pick grapes, the grapes that fall to the ground, you need to leave them for those who have nothing. When you're getting dressed, you can't wear an item of clothing that clashes with another. So I can't wear cotton with silk. I can't wear denim with linen. I've got to wear everything that's made of the same. Men, you're not allowed to cut your sideburns. You're not allowed to trim your hair. There are all sorts of different rules and regulations. Now, do we apply those to our lives today? No, because what was the context? The context was these were customs and traditions of other tribes that the Israelites were taking upon themselves. So how do I apply that to my life today? Who does God say I am? And when I'm around my church family, am I different than when I'm around my social friends? Or do I begin to develop some of their habits? That's the application. It's not just a verse taken out of context. I hope that helps. So the fourth point is actually application. So application begins during the study, but it means nothing if you actually don't apply what you are busy reading. See, studying the scriptures without, without application becomes so stale. You will not grow spiritually if you are just merely reading the scripture, but you're not applying it. It's basically like sitting in the car with petrol in it, but you're not going anywhere. So it's not going to get you very far. So what you need to do is you need to read the word and you need to ask yourself, how is this going to apply into my everyday life? Good questions to ask is, is there a good example for me to follow right now with what I'm reading? Is there an instruction for me to follow? Is a specific issue being highlighted right now? Is there something I want to actually thank God for right now? Is there a promise that I can call my own? Is there a victory for me to win? And is there a truth in this passage that has greatly affected me? Let's look at Matthew 7 verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, we all know that story, and we've heard it in Sunday school so many times, but it applies to our spiritual walk that if we do not apply what we are actually reading, we are building a house like the foolish man on the sand. But if we read the word, we apply it to our everyday lives, then we, our foundation is on that solid rock, and it makes it so much more powerful. There is always room to grow. And like Paul said to the church in Philippi, in Philippians 3 verse 12, 
Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold for me. As you begin to apply what God is saying to you, you will just grow so much more day in and day out. The fifth point is meditation. Keeping the Bible and what it teaches at the forefront of my mind. You know, the question, especially in a season like this, but not only in a season like this, that we need to ask ourselves, is how much of my time belongs to Him? It's very easy right now to allow my couch and my various internet streaming services to hold me hostage. Is it wrong to have a distraction? No, it's not. But if all I'm doing in the season is being distracted, then maybe, just maybe, I'm not stewarding it as well as I possibly could have. You see, we may never have another time like this. So I really want to delve deeply into the Word. I'm trying to create a new habit for myself. I'm trying to get rid of all of those excuses from the past as to why I'm not delving into the Word. Because I don't have any right now. So Deuteronomy 6 verse 6 to 9 says, These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you are at home. Talk about them when you are walking down the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames on your houses and your gates. So what's being said there? Now it's an interesting one in the context of what we're sharing today. Your Orthodox Jewish believers take that scripture literally. So you'll see they have a little box of scripture tied to their arm. They have a little box of scripture tied to the top of their head. They have little boxes with scriptures at the doorways when you go into their houses because they're wanting to obey that scripture literally. Now, with the tools we've given you today, is that what dad wants us to do? I don't think so. I think what he's saying is keep my word at the forefront of your mind. Always be meditating on my scripture. Always be chewing on it. And you know, a great tool when it comes to meditation is memorizing scripture. Now, when I hear memorizing scripture, I think of an old aunt or a gran or a teacher with a ruler that wants to hit me on the mm -hmm. knuckles because I don't know enough scripture. No. What is memorizing scripture and why does it matter? You know, I found a quote which I think is really helpful. It says, the point of memorizing scripture is not to see how many verses you can remember. It's about what happens to your mind when you meditate on the Word. You will have different thoughts than you would have if you were just sitting and watching some TV show. Now, why does this that we shared today with you guys matter? Why does it matter at all? Well, let, let the Word explain the Word. Hebrews 4 verse 12, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the, thir the thoughts the thirds, <laughs> and intentions of your heart. Romans 10 verse 17, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And then James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. 
I really do tend to try and always look for the positive in every single season. And I really do feel that this is such a blessed time for us as a community, as a church, as a family. This is a time for us to really sit back, take a breath and take restock of where we are at. It's time for families to connect again. It's time for spouses to reconnect again. It's time for us to connect with our dad again and get into the word. This is such a blessed time and it's not to just be so overwhelmed by all the negative things that goes out on there and all the negative things that is on social media. What is God saying about this time? And what is God saying to us? I am so excited to be just getting into the word as a family, showing my children that this is a time of hope. This is a time of joy, believe it or not. And this is a time of really getting to know dad in such a deeper level. We are so blessed that we have got 21 days to sit down and get into the word. You know, they say that it takes 21 days to break a habit or to create a new habit. And I've seen a lot of people out there saying how they're going to up their fitness. But can we up our fitness in our spiritual life? Can we get spiritually fit again? Can we actually get into this again and see that it's not just about our physical bodies getting into shape, but it's actually about our minds being renewed by the word. So let's get spiritually fit during this time and see what adventure God wants to take us on. Yeah, we really are trusting in our ability to hear the Holy Spirit in this season because when we were preparing the word for today, lots of messages we could share, some prophetic insight on the season we're in because man, has God been talking a lot. But the real thought we had is what is most helpful in this time? And honestly, as Daphne said, we want to see couples connect. We want to see friends connect. We want to see families connect. We want to see home groups connect. So the idea was to give you some practical tools to delve into the scripture a little bit deeper and to get that banter and discussion going with each other. What do you see in the scripture? What's God saying here? How do you feel about this? And we're hoping that this is going to be a tool that you guys can use to have those discussions. So how do we start? There is going to be a handout that you can print from the church website just to give you these tools. And then we're encouraging all of you guys to start by looking at the book of Romans. And yeah, we might just put out some additional information here and there to help you and give you some more guidelines. But more important than any of that is make a start. Set some time available every day to get into the word and let's try and develop this as a habit. Let's, let's steward this time the best way possible because dad has got so much to say in the season. He just is waiting for us to hear. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to us this morning. We're going to end in prayer and just going to ask God to really stir our hearts for what is on his heart. So yeah, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you are such an amazing father. You are a father that cares for your children and you are a good, good father. In times like these, God, we look to you and we can't wait to go on this adventure with you. We can't wait to hear what is on your heart instead of what is on our neighbor's heart. We pray, Lord, that you will really instruct us and guide us through this process and that we will grow so much closer as a family. We are so thankful, Jesus, that you never forsake us and you are always with us. 
Thank you so much, Jesus, that you are so good to us. Yeah, and Dad, in the season that we're in, there are so many different voices coming at us from so many different angles, all with their own thing to say and all with their own agenda. Dad, I ask that as we spend more time with you and we delve deeper into your word, that our ability to tune out all those voices that aren't yours will just increase. And that your voice in our lives and in the lives of people around us will increase, will be fine-tuned so that we can hear what, we are, what you are saying. We can find the rest and peace that you are speaking to us. We can steward this time in a way that is incredibly honoring to you. Dad, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And more importantly, thank you for what you are doing right now. Let peace find everyone who's hearing this message. Let health and healing find everyone who's hearing this message. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you will go and touch people, that they will know that you are real, that they will know that they are having an encounter with their Creator. You are so, so, so good, Dad. And we thank you for who you are and what you've done. Amen. Have a very blessed week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.